Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Before I was born, so I've always been in church. And I've always been in the house of God and, and I, I know what it's like to be in church. I mean, I grew up in my dad's church all those years ago when those testimonies that night were very interesting, which we won't go into today. But, you know, I would sit in church, fall asleep in church, listen to people pray in church and predict what was going to happen in church. So I'm grateful. Don't misunderstand me. I'm grateful for that upbringing. But there's so much more. It wasn't until I went from just being a churchian to being a true Christian that the power began to flow in my life. In Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says, After the early church was persecuted, everywhere they went, let me read it, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. You know, when times like we're living in now come about the church, they should be the most exciting times for us because we should have an everywhere we go. See, we don't just go to church, we are the church. And because we are the church, in times like this, everywhere we go, what we believe should flow out of us in a very natural way. When the early church was persecuted, they didn't try to go through conspiracy theories and argue why things were happening. They just counted it a privilege that in the darkest times, they could have an everywhere they went. And everywhere they went, the Holy Spirit was with them and bringing clarity to them. So I believe there's two extremes. Some people are not going to church anymore. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And other people are wanting to go back to church programs without embracing a greater picture that God has for us to be living epistles, being people who live out our faith in a way that we go from churchianity to Christianity. This is a time where there's a lot of confusion. There's confusion over taking the jab or not taking the jab. I talk to Christians, I listen to Christians, and I only thought of this yesterday. Too many Christians, and I'm included, we use our Bibles as a devotional, but we turn to everything else for our directional. Think about that. We listen to podcasts more than we read the Bible. We listen to so many voices and there's so many opinions because the Bible's become a devotional, but it stopped becoming a directional. A few weeks ago in America, they did some research on multiple thousands of people and only 60%, sorry, 6% of the people that called themselves Christians out of the thousands that were interviewed believe that the Bible is true. They believe parts of it's true. And so there's been a walking away from the Word of God. And I want to tell you, the Word of God is our roadmap to life. The Word of God is our code of conduct. And it's been faithful in my life, all my life. And these are days where I want to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Father, may our spiritual ears be open in our hearts to see that the church is embarking on our greatest influential time in history, where we can truly be the light of the world. Not darkness next to darkness, but lightness in the darkness. And we need to show that the fruits of the Spirit, the joy of the Lord, can work in a pandemic, can work in these times. 
We're living in interesting days. Ephesians 5.14 says, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you life. So for me, I would love the church. I always want to be in church, but I don't just want to be a churchian. I want to be a Christian. The name Christian was first mentioned in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christian. Unbelievers calling Christian Christian. Their name was given to them by the non-believers. I wonder today in our world, I, I know this is an old statement, I heard it many years ago, if we were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict us? And you know, I really believe that God is bringing clarity back to all of us on the joy and the benefits and the freedom of not just being a churchian, but being a Christian. And so today, I want to share for a few minutes on the difference between just being a churchgoer and being a Christ follower. See, as just a churchgoer, we can become more inward looking. Because the thing would be, what will the church do for me? You know, the divorce rate right now in the Christian church is very high. People get offended at a church, they divorce that church and marry another one. Until they get offended at that church, then they divorce that church and marry another one. And they have several spiritual marriages because if you only have a churchian posture, then you become inward looking. But as a Christ follower, the minute Christ gets hold of our lives, our lives should be outward looking. How can my life make a difference to the world around me? As just a churchgoer, we can look for personal outcomes. Oh, the church. You know how many times from younger people around the churches, I'm working with 12 churches at the moment, how many are saying, well, church just doesn't do it for me anymore. Well, we're not there to do it for us. We're there to bring our worship to a God that is real. We're there to embrace the truth of God's word. And let me tell you, you can't, you can't serve a church purposely if you don't walk with Jesus personally. And so it's really important that we get it the right way round because God's about to unleash power like we've never seen before. He's about to make the church so attractive. I'm spending lots of time with unbelievers and Jesus is attractive. It's the church they're often scared of. As Christ followers, we look for purpose outcomes, not just personal outcomes. As just churchgoers, we can be offended easily. But as Christ followers... We're extended easily. Do you know every time we're offended, it's an opportunity to grow? Every time something happens to us that we don't like, what an opportunity to mature. What an opportunity to embrace what God wants to do. See, as just churchgoers, we can transition easily when we get hurt. But as Christ followers, we transform easily when God gets hold of us. When my son Chris passed away, I said to God, I won't waste my pain. I won't lash out with my pain, but I'll bless with my pain. Because so many, if God is a God of love, why did that happen? If God is a God of love, I'm not going back because my daughter died or my son died. You know, none of that is ever going to take us into the freedom of through it all, through whatever we go through, there is a power. There is a joy. There is something that can sustain us beyond our mental understanding. And when our son passed away, you know, yesterday, I got to spend most of the day with my two grandsons. And one of them's nearly 20 now. And uh, he said to me, Nono, we were having lunch together. Uh, he said, I think God's been showing me stuff. And 
He pulled out his phone and started reading to me the revelation God had been given him from Scripture, and I pulled out my phone, and I'd written the same thing in my phone. This has happened to me and him three times. And he looked at me, and he goes, wow, there's got to be something in our DNA. There's got to be something in our life of the God journey. And, you know, we are not guaranteed a a trouble-free life, but we're guaranteed a God that when we embrace him, not just church, but the Christ of the church, what incredible things can happen. I, I want to put a chart up this morning and just show you something that I've seen happen over many, many years. If we can put that up, thank you. I'll give it a minute, but uh, um, yeah, there we go. Do you know, in life, we all have moments of happiness. All, in all our lives, there are times when we just feel good and life is good until one day there's a trigger point. We all go through trigger points. Something happens that we didn't expect and that trigger point can, learn, can lead to a place of discomfort where life just doesn't feel right, things don't feel great. And what we do in our world today is we transition and keep changing our external world to get our happiness back. So we either have an affair or we go and buy a new car and there's nothing wrong with a new car, but it's the motive. Or we go and buy properties or we go and buy more clothes or whatever to get that moment of happiness back until there's another trigger point. And then when there's another trigger point, discomfort comes again and we transition and we keep changing that external world. Sat with a man who'd been married four times. I went through that chart with him and he goes, that's the story of my life, a doctor. He says, that's the story of my life. I find I go and get discomfort and so then I go and have a a, a relationship with someone and I get happy again and I feel good about myself until the next trigger point. It took four marriages for him to realise what he was doing. The sad thing is this, we could go from all Christians or non-Christians, we all have happiness and there is a trigger point. Let me tell you, there's been many trigger points in my life, in my relationships with my family, in all kinds of relationships, there's been trigger points. There's been places of discomfort But I realised a long time ago, we can either transition or we can transform. We can either change externally or we can change internally. A little girl in Sunday school learnt a scripture, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have internal life. (laughs) And her mum tried to correct her and I thought, no, she didn't need correcting Because actually it is about internal life. And so what happens for us as Christ followers is when that place of discomfort comes, we shouldn't retreat, we shouldn't react. Most of the church splits that happen around our country and around the world, it's because something happened, there was a trigger point, there was discomfort and someone reacted or someone retreated. But when we respond and address the real issue, we transform and change internally. And when we do that, we grow and we mature as Christians. And I don't always get it right, friends, I don't. But let me tell you, this has helped me go on a journey of faith and say, God, I don't want to just keep transforming. I want, uh, sorry, transitioning. I want to keep transforming God to be like you. And so we can turn that off now. But, you know, so many people I counsel today in my counselling sections that just want their moment of feeling good again. But let me tell you, that moment doesn't last unless we take those trigger points and we take those moments of discomfort and say, what do you want me to do? 
The Apostle Peter went through that. I'm just thinking of it now. It's not in my notes, but the Apostle Peter many, many times made so many mistakes. He had trigger points, but he transformed by eventually allowing Jesus to get to him. Judas transitioned and lost his life. We can either be churchians and just transition from bad experience to bad experience or what we feel is a bad experience or we can transform. As churchgoers, we can react under pressure, but as Christ followers, we respond under pressure. As just churchgoers, we often detach when we're disappointed. But as Christ followers, we should turn our disappointment into a God appointment. I want to turn my disappointments, I have them, into God appointments. Can you imagine what kind of church we would have if we didn't allow stuff to get to us be honest, because the world is looking for a church that's not perfect, but broken, but open. We've got to be broken, but open and say, hey, stuff's not working in this area and that area, but I'm going to allow God to transform me. I'm going to allow the word of God to wash me clean so I can not just transition, but I can transform. As just churchgoers, we can often just be led by our feelings, but as Christ followers, we live by faith. As just churchgoers, we can be religious with our mouth, but as Christ followers, we are more real with our manner. As just churchgoers, we can seek to be successful because it's about our self-image. I'm going to confess some things to you that I'm not embarrassed to, but in the early years of me going into ministry, responding to the call of God, trying to get my head around the culture I was raised in and also trying to deal with this new world that had opened up, I never had a desire to have a big church or anything like that. I just sought to be obedient to the call of God in my life. I started going to big conferences and eventually, you know, if a church gets to a certain size, you get invited to speak in places you never really feel equipped to. I always felt I was invited to speak in venues and places that I thought, why me? But there was a pressure even within church world to live up to this image. To, you know, will, will I preach better than the guy that just preached before me? What about if they don't like my preaching? What about? And I used to have all this thing about my, how am I going to come across? I think if I can be honest with you, I can't ever remember as a child being told I was loved or that I was appreciated for, for, for any gifts on my life. They weren't even spoken about. So there was this hole in the heart of wanting to have affirmation for someone to say, you're okay. For someone to say, you're going to be fine, there's God's with you. And so it was a lonely time in the midst of a very large crowd. And I realised that there's a difference between successful self-image and seeking to be fruitful and be conformed to Christ's image. What a difference. And I realised that if God is happy, that should be enough. If I know deity, then he will give me my identity. And when he gives me my identity, I'll have a destiny. I'll also have authority and I'll be able to walk in victory. It's sad that I had to get to my 50s before that became a reality. And my prayer is that 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds get back to this issue because right now our world has no identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know whose they are. And if only we got back to our creator and we found our identity in him, what kind of joy and fulfilment we would have. As Christ followers, we see the needs of others as opportunity. As just churchgoers, we see the needs of others as obstacles. 
Do I have to be on that roster? You know, I'm tired. Do I have to do that? No, we don't have to do anything. But I want to. Because as a Christ follower, I want to be more than just a churchgoer. I want to be an extender of this message of grace that can change the world around us. As just a churchgoer, we can be committed to friends at church. But as Christ followers, we're committed to biblical unity, not blind loyalty. I work with churches where, where sometimes a family will get offended and all their friends leave the church with the people that leave because people get offended on their friend's behalf without knowing the full truth of a story. And sometimes they think that's loyalty, but it's, it's blind loyalty. It's not biblical loyalty. And I believe with all my heart, and I prophesy this morning, there's a new unity coming across the body of Christ. There's a coming together, no matter what denomination we're from, if we love Jesus, there's got to be a holding hands together, and there's got to be a unity across the city, and we need to work together, because Jesus said, I'll build my church. I said to someone the other day, Jesus said he'll build his church. I'm going to find the address and go there. As churchgoers, we're committed to church attendance, but as Christ followers, we're committed to Christ resemblance. There's a big difference. And then just another point, as churchgoers, we can still be shaped by the world, but as Christ followers, we're shaped by the word. And I believe right now there's such a sad state of affairs in Christianity at large where people hardly open their Bibles. Again, like I said earlier, they'll listen to podcasts, they'll listen to preachers all over the world. But the Bible says there are many false prophets in the last days and false teachers. In fact, I have found seven of them, which I won't preach on today. And there are seven false teachers through the New Testament that are the spirit of the age that even the elect could be deceived. And I want to tell you what keeps me going in my life is not a sermon I heard from someone else. Even that can be an encouragement. What's, what's kept me going is my personal walk with Jesus every day, allowing the word of God to speak into my life so that I'm not just a churchian, but I am a Christian, a Christ follower. Churchianity can be a turn-off. Christianity is a turn-to. The reality and truth of who Jesus is. So what do we need to do? It's fine to say all that. but What do we need to do to go from a posture of having this organic walk with Jesus? Now, I don't want to be arrogant this morning and come across like I know it all, but I'm just going to share the four things I do because it's pointless reading out of a book and telling people what to do if it's not a reality in your own life. And so over the last 40 years, I think this has been the consistent pattern that I've tried to embrace in my own life. And I want to give them four quick points and I'll give them to you. We won't be long. Number one, we must have a personal revelation of Jesus. Not information, not through somebody else. God doesn't have grandkids. We've got to have a personal revelation. Who is Jesus to you? I was 11 years old at that little church in St. Peter's when I had my first encounter with Jesus. And then I went to youth camps at the age of 14 and 16. I remember, I can tell you the moments where the reality of Christ became not something my parents gave me, not something that was passed down because I went to church. Even though those things contributed, I had my own personal revelation where Romans chapter 12 became a pattern for my life. You know, in view of what Christ has done for you, present your body to God as a living sacrifice. 
These days I prefer to ask people, are you walking with Jesus, not do you go to church? The number of people that come to me and say, oh, Pastor Danny, if I could only get my son to come to church. There's nothing wrong with that. I fully understand that and it's better than not going to church because we need to do that. But it's not the best. The best is we've got to find Christ personally and then church won't be an issue. Every two weeks I meet with a bunch of young guys. One of them's just come off ice addiction. He's been heavily addicted to drugs, raised in a Christian family. I grew up with his mum and dad in the early days back at the, uh, the church that I was at. And now he's only in his early 30s and just recently had his own revelation of Jesus. And boy, the change in his life is amazing. And as we gather and talk around the Word, you can see the formation that's taking place as he's owning his own walk. Because number one, we've got to have our own personal revelation. Number two, we need to respond to Jesus' invitation of following him. See, sometimes we go, oh, you know, um, you know do, I, I want to serve, I want to do a bit of this. I wanna... no. Has God invited you to join his team? Because when you have a revelation of who Jesus is, there's a, an invitation to come and follow him. I remember when that invitation happened to me. And so it wasn't people asking me, will you help us out at the church? It was an invitation by God himself. In Luke 14, and we haven't got time to go there a lot this morning, but in Luke 14, a man puts on a party. And he invites, it's a story, it's a parable. And he invites people, one got married, one just had five acres of land he just bought or whatever, uh, land that he'd bought and so on. Another one had started a business. People, position and possessions are the things that stop us from coming to God's invitation. Even in the church today of Jesus Christ, if every busy churchian decided to follow Jesus, we wouldn't have buildings big enough to house them. People, position and possession were the things that stopped people from coming to the party. But guess what? It doesn't get cancelled. He says, go to the byways, go to the highways, go to the utmost places and compel those that weren't invited now to come in. I prophesy this morning and I say it seriously. We're about to see a harvest in the next few years of people that have not walked with Jesus for either years and years or never walked with him before. And there's going to be a coming home, a coming to the party, a coming to the invitation because Jesus will build his church and the church will be full and, nothing, and it won't be cancelled. And so I follow Jesus. I responded to Jesus' invitation to follow him. Number three, I've respected God's word as a directional, not just a devotional. The Bible for me is not a prayer book. It's not a book to get out of the Psalms and encouragement for the week, as good as that is. It's my directional in life. It's my roadmap in life. The Centre for Bible Engagement, a few months ago, did a survey of 40,000 people on reading the Bible. Those that read the Bible one time a week, no effect happened to them. Two times a week, no effect. Three times a week, no effect. But when people were reading it four times a week and being diligent, everything changed. 40,000 people interviewed. Loneliness dropped 30%. Anger dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%.
Pornography dropped 61%. But sharing your faith for these people increased 200%. Discipling others increased 230%. Because corporate convincing cannot replace personal convicting. When my son passed away, I went to every scripture God had given me before he passed away to see if those scriptures were true. When we started our church, God gave me 10 promises out of Isaiah 58. When Chris passed away, I went to those promises and I was able to tick every one of them that God had given me. He just didn't tell me my son was going to die. He didn't tell me that one of my other kids was going to break down severely. And yet he knew that would happen before he called me. And I remember the very first time that I read in Acts 27 about stay in the ship in the midst of a storm. And I remember in my early years reading that scripture and putting a pattern inside of me that when I hit a storm, this is what I'll do. See, we've got to put the right stuff in before the bad stuff happens. And so corporate convincing cannot replace personal conviction. The word of God has protected me. It has patterned for me how to live. It's promised me things that have come to pass. It's prophesied to me and it's proven itself to me. It's my lifeblood. So if we make that part of our discipleship, a revelation of who he is, respond to his invitation to follow him and then respect God's word as the code of conduct. And then last of all, realise our God shape and function in it. If we had time this morning, I could take you to all the scriptures on what we do as the day of Jesus' return is approaching. In 1 Peter chapter 4, he says, because the end of the world is coming, pray. We had a great message in the Italian service this morning about the power of prayer. Pray deliberately and diligently. Love one another deeply. Open your home for hospitality and give people a bed or a meal. And then each one of you has been given a gift. Use it to help one another. Can you imagine if we just lived by those four things, what kind of Christianity we would have today? And so I believe that's where we are moving towards in these difficult times. When we come together as God's church with a true Christian posture and not just a churchian approach, we become the most powerful force on earth, a real true expression of God and his truth. Too many people bash the church rather than partner with Jesus in building it. Let's rise and build together. I want to say the world around us right now, if the musicians could come, thank you, but the world around us right now is experiencing fear, anxiety, confusion, stress, uncertainty. And as churchians, we can feel the same. But as Christ followers, the gifts of the Spirit in this time can fill us with the hope that we can give to the darkness around us. If the news was to tell you today how many people are committing suicide in Australia right now, they're not telling you. They don't want you to be so frightened. And yet not much good news is coming from the media. You know, they used to say years ago, you Christians are brainwashed. And I say, absolutely we are. The only difference is I choose who washes my brains. But the world out there doesn't know who's washing their brains. And so just in closing today, can I say God can be trusted if we go from just churchy and and be Christian, Christ ones, 
Listen to this scripture as I close. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Are you worried about the jab this morning? That's your personal conviction, whether you want to take it or not. But listen to this. Isaiah was discouraged. The people of Israel were living in disobedience. And God comes to Isaiah and says, The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who you should, will make you tremble. But God doesn't make us fear in scared fear. It's an awe, it's an honour. And as we honour and awe our God, He's the one we should trust. He's the one we should put our hope in. And we shouldn't be chasing conspiracies. Pastors are ringing me every day because their churches are splitting over this whole issue. It's got to stop because let me tell you, we are told by God as leaders to preach the truth. And the truth is the gospel. The truth is the Word of God. It's not a pastor's responsibility to tell people whether this is the mark of the beast, whether this is the antichrist. Anything that's unclear, it's not for us to bring clarity to if we can't. We're meant to bring God's truth, the gospel. The New Testament church didn't attack what was happening in their world. They just were the good news and preached the gospel. Let's not listen to conspiracies. But put our trust Innovating. Sometimes I think we need a bit of persecution. Do you know what? We want the power of the early church. We just don't want the pattern. If we want the power of the early church, we need to embrace the pattern of the early church. Father, this morning, I thank you for this great family. And I thank you, Lord, I'm not bringing an adjustment. I'm just bringing, Lord, a thought from you that says, hey, wow, what a great day for Christianity to flourish. And Lord, with all the persecution in the world and with all the confusion, may the gospel shine. May your light shine. May your joy fill our hearts and may we bring hope to those that feel hopeless. Lord, be with us. Excite our hearts today that our best days are ahead of us. While every head's bowed and every eye closed this morning, maybe you're here. I felt while I was preparing this message that there would be quite a few that you've been transitioning so much, but you haven't experienced transformation. It's like you go from one issue to another issue to another issue and nothing seems to change. I'm not going to ask you to raise a hand or anything like that. I'm just going to pray. I know some of you in that situation are here, but maybe you're here and you're disconnected from God. You actually don't really know if you know God and you may be even connected to church, but you don't know God clearly. Father, I pray for these dear people today. I pray, Lord, that we will not cease being connected to your body, the church, but may we go that step further and get to know you so that we are Christ followers and not just churchgoers. So our freedom will become known. We will experience it. We will know it. And our Christianity will be authentic and real. And so I pray today that you will lift all our spirits and bring us to a fresh connection with you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Shall we? We've got time to sing? Yeah, let's all stand. Why don't we sing a song together? And I'm just wondering while we sing, whatever the guys have chosen, that I want to do this this morning. I do. I say, God, shift me. You know, whenever God shifts us, He also sifts us. 
He'll sift the things out of our hearts that hold us back. But you know why? Because He wants to lift us. I've, I've said that for years. God will sift, shift and lift. And God wants to lift us to a greater experience. We've got the greatest message on the planet. It's never changed. It will not be destroyed. So as we worship, let's just make a fresh, God, you've got me. Take me today. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. What a great word. What a great reminder. You know, in uncertain times, we're reminded as a church not to be distracted, to go, to go back to our basics. Remember what this is all about. It's about seeing people come to a knowledge of Christ, that we're grounded and founded on the Word of God. Go back to prayer. Go back, back to the basics. I find, you know, as Danny was saying, a lot of people are preaching the COVID gospel. You know, they're ready to preach the COVID or their COVID opinion or whatever it is. No, we're not called to do that as the church. We're called to be the light. And, 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 and we're called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and use these uncertain times to stay focused, not be distracted by the, the every wind and stuff that's happening all over the place and, and really be the church of Jesus Christ. Can I hear a man? How many people were encouraged by the word today? Amen. Just powerful, powerful, powerful. Father, we thank you for your word. Let this word come alive in our hearts. And as, as we leave this place, let us start being the church. Wherever you send us this week, let us speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. Use our hands and our feet, we pray. Let us be the light in the place where you've placed us, Father God. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. God bless you. You have an awesome week in Jesus' name. Amen.